that. There we go. Tyranny. By the way, uh, I don't know, some uh, group of uh, crazed maniacs uh, distributed Eurofolk radio flyers in, in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin recently. How dare they? Oh, yeah, 55. It's raining. We've needed uh, rain in Chicago yeah, for quite some time. We've had a really long period of drought. Our grass is drying up badly, turning brown. So, Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Eurofolk Radio. I hope we're coming through loud and clear. Uh, we're still trying to fix some of our problems uh, with the, the recent update and the meltdown, the Microsoft update and the meltdown at the website. We're struggling to get full full cooperation here. Michael Swede is with us. How are you doing this morning, Michael? I'm doing very good, and I hope I'm also coming through loud and clear to your listeners. And yeah. uh, what do you have? People that are spreading your flyers in in Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know who would have done that. <laughs> Distributed okay. Eurofolk radio flyers. Uh, of course, I'm being facetious, and uh, yeah, but uh, you know, people need to know that there's a race war happening. Okay, uh, I, I'm getting ready to do a parody. Of you know, there's a black group that uh, did a uh, basically a chant type uh, song called "The Revolution Will Not Be Televised." Okay, that's because you know they believe that the media is anti-black. Well, no, nothing could be further from the truth. The media is anti-white, and so what I'm going to do is retitle it "The Race War Will Not Be tele- Televised" because they're not covering. You know, all of these black-on-white crimes and all these Antifa-against-white crimes as a race war. They're, the mass media is claiming that all of these attacks on white-owned businesses and white neighborhoods and white people are not a race war, but a justified uh, uh, reaction to white racism. That's how the media is presenting it, yeah, Right. Yeah, but isn't as as usual that they that they <laughs> what do you say they they accuse the enemy of um, the same thing that they are doing? I don't know that this that they say that um, what did you say that this uh, that they want to televise? What did they say? The, um, I just forgot it because it's so so yeah. ridiculous that they say that that um, that uh, the media is pro white. It's never been. It's always against us. It's yes. always. Uh, it's always um, on the what do you say the minority sides. It's never yeah, on the on our side. It's a war against us, yeah. and that is and that war has been uh, what do you say trumping up. It has been speeding up lately, yeah. I would say. And 
And any white people doesn't realize that they are blind as a bat. Yeah. Well, the Jews teach the Antifa, you know, the left-wing liberals in college classes, and even now, I think down into kindergarten now, that uh, everything is run by whites, and therefore the whites are evil, right? But of course, we know it's run by Jews, <laughs> right? And, and teaching them that uh, it's run by whites, and therefore whites are evil. But nevertheless, you know, who created civilization? You know, who created all of the technology, you know, the, the uh, cars, airplanes, um, household devices, flush toilets, uh, all the great music, etc. You know, that was done by white people. The Jews have always been in, lurking in the background, destroying our work and then blaming us for the destruction. <laughs> right. And while they engage us yeah. in wars of not of our making, but of their making. So, so. This needs to be told. That story needs to be told, and you won't get it from mainstream media. Yeah. No, they and they also pervert the stuff that we have, uh, the our inventions, and and turn them against us. So yeah, uh, or they steal it from you, from us. Yeah, and then uh, give it to the communists. <laughs> the Israelis steal our inventions and turn around and give it in the Soviet Union and to Red China, so they can p compete with us. So everything the Jews do is has always been anti-white. And uh, the Jews just came up with a full-page ad, I think uh, in the New York Times it was, and maybe other papers. They 100% support Black Lives Matter. Okay? I don't think the Jews have ever issued a statement in support of white people. Never. <laughs> uh, no, I have never seen that. And I, okay. I, they would never say that as if it doesn't give them an opportunity, it doesn't give them a way to, to uh, what do you say, to deceive us even even further, because that's the only when they're going to tell you the, a bit of the truth, I guess. Yeah, so it's always spin, and the spin is always anti-white. And even the Democratic Party has 15, 15 times in its platform declared that white people are evil, <laughs> right? So I hope that white people will be leaving the Democratic Party in droves because their own party considers them to be evil, right? But of course, you know, they're so brainwashed, they, they probably don't even realize that it's anti-white, right? <laughs> okay. Oh, it must mean those other whites, you know, uh, on Eurofolk Radio and, uh, you know, in those small businesses that are owned by white people because the corporations aren't owned by white people, that's for sure. Okay. So uh, you just need to do a little research and just took, take a look at the surnames of Big Pharma and Big Banking and Big Corporations, Big... Uh, you know, big uh, insurance companies, oh, media and entertainment, and you will see a lot of Jewish surnames. Okay, but of course that means, well, if the Jews are white, why don't they ever support white people? <laughs> yeah, but that's the that's the deception. <laughs> they that they 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 want to be white when it suits them, and it doesn't want to be it when it doesn't suit them. That's... So they change. They are like a chameleon. Yeah, that's right. They're chameleons. Okay, folks, so we're going to start a new series. We've been doing uh, many articles by uh, Norwegians, Scandinavians, Swedes, Danes, etc. on the Israelite origins of the Scandinavian countries. And so we're going to continue that, uh, basically, and we've been trying to do it nation by nation, uh, like we t uh, did about Finland and Sweden uh, recently. But we're just going to do a general survey of all the Scandinavian countries 
and their Israelite origins. Okay, so the the issue will be the Israelite origins of the Scandinavian countries. And this first article is entitled Norse Israelitish Origins by Michael S. Krag. And we've done a couple of his articles already, but Mikkel, I believe, is the uh, uh, Scandinavian pronunciation, correct? M-I-K-K-E-L, yeah, Mikkel? Okay. That is correct. Okay. All right. And he starts out with, uh, let me just uh, run through the introductory stuff here, and I'll turn it over to you. When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying... <laughs> he just stops there, uh, quoting Joshua four twenty one through twenty two. Illustration: The king's dolmen, took uh, Hegen, Northern Zealand, Denmark. How is that pronounced? Tokekob Hegen. It is Tokekob Hegen, Northern Zealand in Denmark, and Zealand is the island where. The, where uh, Copenhagen is is located, uh, that is this this pretty small island, and then the illustration here shows uh, this. You probably know more than me, Eli. The when dolmens. you look at this, yeah. those stones here, what uh, those stones are pretty, aren't they pretty, very commonly associated with our people? Amen, amen. Uh, Yahweh told our people, especially in the days of Joshua, to set up uh, you know, un, uh, uncut stone monuments to record uh, the, their movements. To rec- and I think uh, even Stonehenge is one of those, but uh, more more in the terms of a uh, calendar. Stonehenge was uh, created as a calendar, and so it had to use cut stones. But uh, even that, even Stonehenge, and most of these stone monuments strewn all over Europe and in, in America and South America were set up by Israelites in their various voyages, uh, uh, as long as it go as 2000 BC, okay, our people have been voyaging. And I think Thor Heyerdahl, we're going to be, as part of our series, we're going to be uh, doing some of the research of Thor, Thor Heyerdahl, who, who was motivated to prove that the Pacific Ocean could be crossed in a reed boat, <laughs> right? And, and he succeeded in doing that, okay, all by himself. Yeah, he, he went across the Pacific Ocean in a reed boat. Those reed boats were very sturdy and they were very good flotation devices, right? And if you could somehow maneuver them with a sail of some sort, you could get around pretty well, okay? So, yeah, this t- t- takes us to biblical history and secular history. Over to you. Yes, and those boats. I mean, also I read about uh, Thor Heyendahl that he was, matter of fact, he was uh, he was very close to drowning his when he was young. So then, just he put himself into those positions to do those uh, boat voyages, and then he, as I said, he proved that it was possible to cross all around the world with those boats. And by that way, he proved that, yeah, uh, maybe Columbus wasn't the first one. Oh, it yeah. has been done before, those reed boats. And, were, and, they, and I think also some, one of, this, one of his voyages, I think the boat was almost um, close to capsizing. So he had to return uh-huh. back to the, his starting points. It was kind of a, it was an adventure for him. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, quite courageous of him to keep persisting in spite of uh, having drow- nearly drowned as a child and the capo capsized again. So it's kind of like the spirit of St.
St. Louis, right? It just takes a lot of courage to do stuff like that. Okay, something that Jews don't have, something that I don't, I'm not aware that blacks have in it. It's the, it's the adventurous spirit of the Adamites. That's why we're colonists. We, we, we're restless people. We run around the world looking for uh, goods, you know, to, to supply our civilization with. And it always benefits the people in the area. You know, by uh, employing them, uh, raising their standard of living, etc., etc., until the Jews come along with their money games, and then they create poverty again. Right? That's that's how things really work. It's not colonialism by white people that's the problem. It's Jewish money lending colonialism. That's the real problem. Okay. And yeah, so, it is. Right. Okay. And then and then Luke says, if you look at the different spirits, look at how we we are have this restless source and we voyage around the world and we're doing those businesses that is good for both of us. We get the benefit of the goods and then the this local community get the benefit get the com- the goods from us. Right. But with and you get an exchange. But then with this money lending, this Edomite Jewish money lending that you're referring to, that just makes, I don't know, laziness because that is just, they don't do, that's not work. They just, uh, uh, there's no work. They just put uh, yeah. in, yeah, it's it's not it's not the same spirit. It's the opposite spirit. That's what I'm going to come to. Yeah, that's why you get all these Jewish humpbacks because they're just leaning over their paperwork, writing checks and stealing money, <laughs> right? So it's uh, yeah, that's that's desk work. That that's not uh, creating civilization. That's destroying civilization. But the vast majority of people on this planet don't understand how money lending, the business of money lending and charging interest, is destroys nations. Does not make civilization happen. It's the exact opposite. All right, let me just quote this here. Adam Fabricius, Illustrit Denmark History for Folket. 1853, it goes with a people, just as with the individual man, none of them know their first origin. Well, we do. We in identity do. The distant past is, like the future, shrouded in darkness, but man wants to know what lies behind him just as he questions what lies ahead of him. Now, this is only true of the Adamites. You go to Africa, South America, uh, China... These people have no curiosity about their origin. They just exist. It's only white people who have any desire to know about their past, to know about their ancestors. Why? Because Yahweh put that in us. He did not put that in them, and they don't have that. Over to you. No. Exactly, no. And only, I guess also if you look at the, the vast, uh, uh, just look at the Alexandrian uh, um, library that was burned down to cover up probably tracks where it was also history. And we can look, I can look at, at my former, at, um, at uh, what do you say, the, here in Sweden, the libraries where the former kings, they were collecting vast, uh, and the, those, the kingdoms here, they collected vast amounts of history about just the letters between the kings and his servants and all this history that we preserve it and we wanted to know. And, and same, same for, I guess, for you and for me. We both are very interested in history. And it is something drive in, yeah, and only in white people. That's, yeah, and that's because we want to know. We want to know. 
what is behind us and then yeah of course what's come uh, ahead of us so i can almost and it's only we that had this documented history i cannot know of any other culture that does have this vast amount of historical books historical references about about them or they just say now well if it is from greece then the modern day greece greek people say oh yeah it's our history but it has changed a bit the the um, the people there changed same in egypt it had changed the history, so they take credits for our past uh, performance and deeds. I would say. Yes, yes. Uh, let me quote Habakkuk uh, two ten and eleven, uh, speaking about. Uh, I, I think it's critical of the Chaldeans here. Thou hast consulted shame to thy house by cutting off many people, and hast sinned against thy soul. And verse eleven. For the stones shall cry out of the wall, and the beam out of the timber shall answer it. This is literally happening with archaeology, folks. The stones cry out. And who's doing all this archaeological work, Michael? It's our people, and then I guess when you, if you, and then I guess the usual, um, usual suspect. I know we have mentioned them so many times. The Edomite Jews, they want to hide it. They collect it and then hide it in their libraries or wherever they hide it. They hide it from us. Or the Catholic Church, and and I guess isn't also restricted if you want to do some um, diggings down in 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 the in Israel. Right, right, yeah. And they're, they're, the Jews try to cover up the history. And uh, it, it's only been the white race that has done any serious archaeological excavation ever. And I mean ever. And we're the only ones uncovering all this history. Why? Because Yahweh has put it in us to know who we are and why we're here. Okay? He has not put this urge. And that's what it is, folks. It's an urge that Yahweh has put in us to know who we are what we are and where we are going. We better know where we're going. And if you don't, if you've lost interest in where we're supposed to be going, namely we're supposed to be establishing the kingdom. And if you lost that and you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself white, no. No, you're just, you have lost your way. You have no idea who you are and where you're going. That's a horrible situation for a white person. We have to know who we are and where we're going. Okay. All right. So uh, you want since this is a is addressed Danish man Danish maid and others who may read these lines why don't you pick it up from here <laughs> Yeah um, and then he has some rhetorical questions here like saying who are the Danes and what is is it that makes us Danes Yeah uh, so he is uh, we know that Mikkel is himself a, a Danish man and he lives I think uh, in uh, in in Sealand, in uh, yeah, okay. co- where oh. Copenhagen is is um, located. Okay, so now um, say Zealand is the island uh, that co- now is that where New Zealand comes from? Was New Zealand settled by Danes? Could could be. Okay. It, oh, it is the same spelling um, as Sealand. Okay. I don't know if it's spelling really. Okay, well, let, me, uh, let me check into that while you're, you're reading this. Okay, please continue. Yes, um, so uh, the Danish Norwegian word os, Swedish os, English us, Old English, I think os as well. I don't know really how to pronounce when you have this, but um, means one of the oser. The cause of Old English word os yes. is the singular form of 
um, is there, Old English. Yeah. And okay, well, I here, yeah, let me just try more. to, yeah, the, the pronunciation, us, 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 one of the Acer, okay, so, uh, or Acer would probably be the uh, short A and a short O, as, okay, the singular form of esse and acer and acer. So all of these different pronunciations uh, have, uh, are probably accurate, okay? So uh, as, os, and ace, and Assyria with the short A, Assyria, as we pronounce it today. But we don't know how they pronounce it in those days. We just don't know, okay? Back to you. Yeah, thank you for helping me with this yeah. uh, pronunciation <laughs> of the old English that is for me a bit, um, yeah, yeah, new for me. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's old, it's um, right. yes. So um, the um, the Aser were the gods of the Norse uh, mythology. Odin and Thor were Aser. The other Norse gods, such as uh, Frey and Freya, were the Vanir. The word Vi. In Danish Norwegian, we in English is derived from the old Norse word ver or vaner. Uh, here is very similarities to daner, to dan. Mm-hmm. You see it, they just yeah, changed yeah. Uh, yeah, the, uh, today. The, the V and the D uh, are interchangeable in different dialects. Okay, back to you. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, clear here vaner, daner. So it's the, they changed that out. So yeah, and this is also so interesting, this language studies that we need to do also to know the words, to see the similarities. That is also this urge to know where the words come from. Right. And today we say us Danes and them, them, or the other. Yeah. But perhaps not all the others. When the talk is of Danes and other peoples living in Denmark... I'm sure that most Danes will not think of Swedes in Denmark as the aliens, would you not? If you should be really honest, think of the Swede in Denmark as one of us and not one of them. The word us does mean us, one of of, uh, Acer, the Norse gods. And Odin and Thor were just as Swedish as they were Danish. Okay, so the same. I, I think he's saying that they were real people, not just gods. <laughs> okay, not not yeah, uh, deified yeah, ancestors. They were real people. I think he's trying to say that. Over to you. Oh yeah, yeah, and he okay. he's going to go come in later. I get some echo now. Okay. Uh, the same could be said of Norwegians, uh, Faroe Faroe Icelanders, and Icelanders. Yeah, uh, I, I, and islanders, Don. islanders, and Icelanders. Uh, the S is silent in island, in English. <laughs> okay, all right. It's a confusing and language. And mm-hmm. Odin and Freya as Icelandic, Norwegian, and Swedish as they are Danish. Yes. Yes. And Eli, I get some echo. I don't know if that's some of the. Uh, no, yeah. now it's the territory. Okay, yeah, there's a, your signal is choppy, so there must be a bad connection. But please, please continue. Okay, I yes. will. Yeah. Um, in the Norse countries, um, we even call each other brother folk 
brother people, mm-hmm. as if we were brothers, the sons of one father. Yeah, and that is uh, commonly here in, um, in, I know, Sweden and Norway and Denmark. That's how we refer to each other because we are very, we all are very close, but we also have the same, our languages is so close. So we right. really feel we are the same. Yeah, and in German, the expression is Landsleute, people of the same land, okay? And who knows how old that expression is. It probably goes back to Acer, back to... So basically, what we're, when we're talking about Acer or Aser, we're talking about Armenia, uh, Azerbaijan, Assyria, that whole section of northern Mesopotamia to which the ten so-called lost tribes were taken by the Assyrians. And they lived, many of them lived there for many centuries, others uh, just for a few years before moving north and west, okay? And so all of these different European nations were created by Israelites of various migratory uh, groups and uh, in different times. But uh, the whole of Scandinavia, I believe, most of it was pretty much settled around the same time by these ten tribes who migrated north and west to, toward the uh, the Baltic Sea, Sweden, Norway, Finland, etc. Okay, but these also were the most paganized uh, for the longest time uh, because the, these Norsemen did not uh, accept Christianity except by the sword until around 1000 AD. Most of the rest of Europe, the, the European tribes, like the Germans and the French and the Spanish, they accepted Christianity a lot earlier. Okay, back to you. Yeah, we were a bit more rebellious, but then we were pretty uh, pretty good. Um, we stood up for Christianity when we did saw the light. That's right. For the time. Uh, we also see that mark on our flags. That's the cross from yeah. Christ. We see the cross on yeah. our all the um, uh, Scandinavian flags today in different colors. And that has also come from um, Denmark, that flag. It is called um, Danneborgen. Okay. And that uh, that has come originated from Denmark. Okay. Uh, we also have a close bond and feeling of kinship with great peoples of Germans and the British. In several several medieval centuries, entire classes of craftsmen in the Danish towns were all Germans, who entirely looked like Danes, and today are in the Danish people. The nobility and large tradesmen in Denmark were also dominated by Germans for a long while. When the Reformation broke out in Northern Europe, the English um, shows Anglican Protestantism, and the Dutchmen, the Swiss, and many Frenchmen shows um, Calvinistic Reformed Protestantism. In the North, we became Lutherans, just like most of the Germans after the German Martin Luther. Okay, so yeah, so ultimately all ten. All ten, all twelve tribes that had started European countries became uh, Christian. Okay, uh, fulfilling the prophecy that Yahshua made, you shall to the uh, to the apostles when he sent them out to convert 
the Israelites to the uh, uh, the messianic version of uh, Israelite religion, okay, uh, otherwise known as Christianity. You shall not have gone over the cities of Israel until the Son of Man be come. Okay, until I come back, until I return, you will still not have finished preaching to the Israelite cities that exist. There will be so many Israelite cities that you will never be able to preach to them all, even until I come. Okay, so it can't be talking about Jews, and it can't be talking about Palestine, because they would have been accomplished that in a couple of years. <laughs> all right, back to you. Yeah, more more proof of who we are and Amen. more proof who they are not. Amen. <laughs> yeah, the thing uh, with the Catholic Church that really outraged Luther was his pilgrimage to Rome, where the Catholic priesthood had sunk down into unrestrained wardroom. Um, the people who f- uh, fervently received Luther's Christianity were um, special those peoples who thousand years earlier had worshipped the Aser and Vaner, Odin, Thor and Freya. Here in the north and in the northern two-thirds of Germany, the Lutheran church is still the people's church or the people's faith. However, dull the spirit may have become for the last 40 years. Yes, yeah, very, very dull. <laughs> <that's true. laughs> very dull. Okay, uh, all right, uh, just quickly here. It uh, turns out that New Zealand was founded by Danes. Okay, this is from Danish New Zealanders. This is Wikipedia. There is a small Danish community in New Zealand, descended from a group of early settlers who came to clear thick North Island bush in the middle years of the 19th century and stayed to found settlements including Danavirke and Norsewood. High-ranking Danish churchman Bishop Ditlef Gotthard Monrad who had been Danish Prime Minister during the Second Schleswig War, left Denmark as a result of the war, which we were just talking about, and settled with his family in Carrere, near Palmerston North, in 1866, where he set up the first dairy plant in the region. Oh, Danish cheese. (laughs) Who are the Danes without cheese? Monrad returned to Denmark in 1869, but other members of his family stayed in New Zealand. He left behind his collection of art now housed in the Museum of New Zealand, Te Papa Tongarawa. Those who stayed cleared the bush of the area, and their efforts helped convince Julius Fogel that they were suitable in character to become part of his planned great public work scheme of the 1870s. Okay, Uh, uh, New Zealand was founded by Danes. There's the answer, folks. Back to you. That was interesting. I didn't know that. And then that's why it's New Zealand. That's why that name is because of the Danes that probably lived uh, around Copenhagen or at that island did leave. And then it became New Zealand. Amen. I didn't know that. Neither did I. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's continue. Um, Why did we um, specifically, sorry, specifically, Kelly, specifically, I, sorry, I can't pronounce. Oh, it sorry, sorry, specifically, yeah, specifically. There you Except <laughs> Luther's Christianity. What did uh, of men and women were we back then? One could ask. We were, of course, exactly the same men and women uh, of the same flesh and blood. 
as the ones who today make up the Norsemen and most of the Germans. Deep down inside of us, there lies a heart of flesh and blood, but it is also a heart full of life, spirit, and soul. Amen. Yeah. Whose life, spirit, and soul, right? <laughs> the Adamites, the Israelites, obviously. Back to you. Yeah. Exactly, lots of this full of life, spirit and soul. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, that is uh, so telling of our people. Right. Okay. And, so here he has a map here, Protestant areas in gray. You know, which uh, include uh, Britain. Okay, and uh, excludes uh, Ireland because Ireland is uh, mainly Catholic. But uh, obviously, what we call Christianity, Protestantism in Northern Europe and Catholicism in Southern Europe, nevertheless, it's Christianity. And the prophecies state that our people, uh, our paganized ancestors, would hear the gospel and be converted. And that is exactly what happened to Europe and all the other colonial empires that we have created, fulfilling the prophecies of, you know, first made to Abraham that his descendants would be the founders of nations and companies of nations, okay? There's no other group of people in the world that has fulfilled that prophecy of creating nations and companies of nations, like the United States, United Kingdom, uh, the Federation of Germany, okay? Only we, the Israelites, have created such federations. Back to you. Yeah, only we are the one that has done it. Mm -hmm. Then of them gets perverted, unfortunately. That is right. so. Sorry, same with the Russian Federation. Yeah, you're right. It's another federation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So around yeah. Uh, around the year 80 AD, the Roman uh, Cornelius um, Tactius traveled among the tribes in what he called Germania. He described the tribes of Germania as a curious, perfectly pure tribe, who all had the same outward, harsh blue eyes, fair reddish hair, and a large body. A Viking! <laughs> right? Yeah. Germans too, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Norsemen, sure. Scotsmen. Yeah. Uh, fair reddish hair and uh, this and a large body, so they were they were big. They were good, uh, big warriors. Amen. Okay, um, let's continue and see what he said. The memory of the Vikings is today seen through the eyes of the bitter Catholic English monks whose monasteries, the da Danish and Norwegian Vikings, laid to ruins. Oh yeah, they right. did. Yes. <laughs> during during the and I don't know, I've read somewhere that um, didn't also the monks write a lot of text, but I, I, then I've uh, um, read hist historians about that, and he said it was kind of, I don't know if, if it's true or but he said it was kind of useless because their text wasn't really about history, it was something else. They just pile up a lot of writings, but it wasn't really good for historical works. Mm -hmm. Were you talking about uh, the, the monasteries? Or, yeah, some yeah, of the okay. monasteries. Yeah, that uh, when he found out as monks, they weren't really. Uh, the, it wasn't so good for the historical for historical uh, research that the, all their writings they had. I don't know if oh, you have okay. any other yeah. knowings about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they were probably just religious writings. However, 
to the extent that these monasteries are the offshoot of the Druids, okay, uh, which were made war against by Julius Caesar, okay, uh, the Christianization of Europe under the Druids proceeded very smoothly, okay, because uh, we talked about a, a couple of series, uh, shows ago that they were actually descendants of the Levites, that, that uh, had, but they were primarily in Britain and Ireland and Scotland, not so much in the Norse, you know. So maybe th those histories aren't useful to Vikings, <laughs> but they are useful for us, okay? Uh, so but back to you. Uh, the Catholics, you know, obviously the Catholics later on uh, totally destroyed the Celtic Church, okay, and have been, have been proceeding throughout history to minimize the uh, the Celtic Church. It was the Celtic Church uh, readily accepted uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Paul and James, who went preaching to them, readily accepted them. And the very first above-ground church, Christian church in the world, was Glastonbury, Britain, not Rome. Back to you. Yeah, and that we did touch upon last time when we read about uh, Mary. Yes. Yes, okay. During the First World War, the British war propaganda also described the Germans as the Huns. Dirty, long-haired cavemen. Yeah, yeah. that sounds yeah. really like propaganda. Long-haired <laughs> cavemen. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Remains of... Uh, this memory are still present in many British minds today, despite yeah. the fact that the British general staff obviously did not make the propaganda to describe the truth, but rather to incite an atmosphere to make the enemy appear as barbarians. Yes, as the, and that word barbarian was uh, invented by the Romans to describe the Germans. But we found out while these are uh, Tacitus describing it as a curious, perfectly pure tribe, who had the same outward harsh blue eyes, etc. But many of the Romans, the honest ones, said, well, these Germans are more honest and straightforward than we uh, Romans who have learned the art of politics, uh, lying and uh, deceiving people. Okay, so these barbarians, they, many Roman historians would admit were actually more honest and just people than the Roman society. Back to you. Yeah, that is, and that is the society that we we prefer to have. We don't want to have lies, deceit around us. We want honesty. That's that right. is how our our civilization has flourished. That is how we have built our society. I mean, America didn't became that great nation that you are because of lies, because of uh, democracy, because of politics. Never would never happen because they have would have chopped you up long before it even you even got so big. But now we see what happens to our nations today. Now they chop it up and they sell it, and then they make up lies. Yes, Christian ethics. America was founded as a Christian nation. We are still the only Christian republic in the world. It was founded as a Christian nation, as our founding documents clearly state. Okay, so uh, and this is why the Jews, yeah, have been so frustrated with America because we have held on to our Christian roots tenaciously, and uh, let me tell them that we will never give them up. Okay, we will bury yeah. you. Back to you. And uh, then, okay. I get the echo again. Sorry. <laughs> okay. 
I will. I will. Do you want to read on a bit? Okay. Uh, please repeat. Uh, your signal is kind of choppy today. So uh, yeah. Do you want to read on from the Danish oh, okay. Vikings? Uh, where, where did you leave off? Uh, the Danish Vikings of uh, oh, okay. Danilov. Uh, Danilov. Okay. Uh, the, da the Danish Vikings of Danelaw, the Danish governed England, okay. Oh, I didn't even realize that uh, the Danes had uh, established a government a government in England, okay. That's, a, that's news to me. Were known to please the English women as the Vikings meticulously combed their long fair hair and bathed every Saturday, unlike the British. It may not sound of being very often, but how often would you take a bath if the water rarely got very much above? the freezing point oh well this is why we have the polar bear club we even have a branch of that here in chicago of uh, people who uh white people who get in their bathing suits and uh, take a dip in the cold lake michigan in the middle of january other uh, only white people are dumb enough to do that other characteristics of the tribes of germania which tacitus noted were a conscientious and compassionate hospitality and a blue-eyed naivete. All right, as we were just saying, Tassa, they were conscientious and compassionate. Okay? Uh, you can't say that about the Romans. Eli, we have apparently new sound. Okay. Uh, I read Swamp Fox. Okay. And Bavarian Man said the same. All right, let me see if I can uh, restart it here. Okay. Uh, I, I just restarted the uh, stream. Thanks for letting me know. And uh, hopefully we're uh, back online again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've been having other sound issues, uh, a choppy signal as well. So, okay, we're back. Thank you. All Welcome right. Back. Good. Okay, at least I know how to make a quick fix when we have this problem. Okay, so I just have to be more vigilant. And thanks for uh, posting that, Swamp Fox. Very good. All right, let me get back to the article here. Yeah, so keep your eye on the chat room because while I'm right, while I'm reading, I can't uh, watch the chat room at the same time for any you know updates as to our sound issues. Okay. All right. So, the Danish Vikings of Danelaw were known to please the English women, etc., etc. And Tacitus said that the the tribes of Germania, which is all the 12 tribes of uh, Israelite migrations, were a conscientious and compassionate hospitality and, and a blue-eyed naivete. Unfortunately, we still have that naivete. <laughs> all right. Already 2,000 years ago, these characteristics of the soul were a part of our inner self. Just yeah, and here. And this word is something that I guess you have in America too. Blue-eyed. This is something we also have in Swedish. You, uh, what do you say? We say, du är för blåögd. Uh -huh. It's the same, the same. You are too naive. Yeah, right. Uh, the, uh, the, so the term blue-eyed is a synonym for naivete. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're good-natured, compassionate, conscientious, but dumb. <laughs> you, you, you're not world-wise. <laughs> You haven't, you still haven't figured out the Jews, all you blue-eyed devils, you, okay? All right, let's continue. So, they, they, let me just start over here. Already 2,000 years ago, these characteristics of the soul were a part of our inner self, just as they were in the high Christian centuries. Only now they have withered, yeah, only today. It's only in the last century that the Jews have managed to corrupt 
white Christian society. There has been found remains of primitive men at dunghills in the Norse countries, but it was not us. It were men of other flesh and blood, not the ancestors of the Danes, and yet around the year 80 AD, there were those merry, fair heathen in Northern Europe. So I think he's talking to the primitive men, probably some Aborigines, that would have lived along the coastlines of Europe as far back as the old Ice Age. Okay, because remember, Europe was covered with ice until uh, until recent history, until, uh, let's say, around 1000 A.D., the glaciers of the last Ice Age. The forests of Europe had to regrow after the Ice Age you know, receded. Okay, so Europe was a total wilderness when our ancestors migrated up into Europe. But the coastline along the Atlantic Ocean had a little more moderate temperatures, and so there would have been some sort of Aborigines living along the coast of Europe. Okay, I believe yeah. I believe those were the descendants of Atlantis, the remaining uh, descendants of Atlantis. And possibly, you know, giants too, right? <laughs> and uh, you have all kinds of legends of different races living along the west coast of Europe, okay? Which he's probably referring to here, okay? Yeah, and I, as you said here, yes, I believe they were of other. And, and in, what do you say, in northern Sweden, Norway, and Finland, they are called the Samer. And when you see them, you're very clear that they are not Swedish. They're, what do you say, more in the Asiatic, okay. in the Asiatic form. That's when uh, they, so, and probably, and this was also so to see that this place, Europe and Scandinavia was preserved before we did start migrating. Because when we did migrate here, this old land where has been underwater and has been, it's been preserved for us yes. in his knowledge. He know that, so he he preserved it by having it underwater. Now it's for my people. And then when we came, it was open clear for us. Yes. So uh, basically, the only surviving uh, race that we know, non-white race, would be you know, we would call them Eskimos. You know, an Oriental-looking people that lived in cold in cold climates. Okay. You have them in Russia. You have them in Canada. You have them in. Um, Alaska, etc. You know, we call them Eskimos. Uh, I, I don't think your people are very much different from Eskimos. Okay, and uh, yeah, yeah. But interestingly, there's I believe they're called the Laps, who uh, are you know, pretty much uh, th- their whole society is driven by reindeer. They live off the reindeer, yep. but they're short white people, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay, could be, but you have this, they are also Samer, then we use the word Lappar, that's Laps, that's okay. the same, and they are probably also Eskimo, so may, I, I'm not sure, maybe it could be, but I haven't okay. looked into it, but some of the Samer I've seen, they are also the Asiatic breed, okay. and they are all, sometimes you call them Samer, or then if you, up in the north, you call them Lappar, and that's not the same, it is the same, but it's a more, um, so, okay. what do you say? Uh, look down on look down. I don't know. Really? I don't know. Okay. So there's a couple of different groups of uh, these Aborigines that he's talking about here. Okay. So yes. some of them may, may have mixed with white people because a lot of these laps of photos of laps that I've seen, they look very white, but they're much shorter 
than certainly much shorter than Vikings, <laughs> right? Much smaller people. All right. Well, let's continue here. Okay. So, but the, uh, these characteristics of uh, good uh, good breeding and good attitudes have withered in the modern era. So he asked the question. So. Yet around the year 80 AD, there were these merry, fair heathen in nor- northern Europe. The question is, therefore, where did they come from? And that means, where did we come from? Many modern history books are full of descriptions and analyses of potsherds, scallop shells at the dunghill, artifacts, and eating habits. But they leave out one thing. The men and women of flesh and blood. Were they fair or dark? Long heads or short heads? In other words, were they our ancestors or the ancestors of someone else? Johannes Bronstedt wrote the first volume of Politikens Denmark History, 1963. From the older Iron Age, for example, 1500 to 900 BC, that is of a period of 600 years, Bronstedt tells us that in all of Denmark there has been found skeletons and craniums from a grand total of five men. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, only five. Of these five men, the four were shortheads of a stocky Laplander type. Okay. Only one out of the five was a longhead of the tall Nordic type, a la the modern Danes, Swedes, and Norwegians. Okay. So whatever the Laplander origin, whether it be Oriental or uh, or uh, Atlantean, they're obviously different from the modern descendants of the Israelites up there. Okay. The people of Denmark of the older Iron Age were not our forefathers. He's talking about these Laplanders. The Danes were not in Denmark 3,000 years ago. One of Denmark's most learned, most vivid, and diligent historians, Peter Friedrich Sum, S-U-H-M, described in Om Oden og den Hedniska Gudelera Ag, etc., you want to pronounce? You want to read that title for us uh, slowly, yeah, so people I, hear uh, the pronunciation. Okay. Om Odin och den hedniska gudlära och gudstjänsterna ut i Norden. Okay, so the, the good people of northern the northern lands, that all of the ancient Norse lands, Poland and the Baltic states, were inhabited by what Sum calls Finns. Sum's name for the stocky quasi-Mongolian Laplander, different from the modern much Nordic Swedish Finns. Sum show that the Acer and the Vanner from the Norse mythology originally were the very forefathers of the Norsemen who had gone down in the mythology as gods. All right? Very important statement here, folks. Okay? The Acer, the Acer people, those are the Israelites from northern Mesopotamia the Ten Lost Tribes. That's who these people are. Continuing. At the same time, Sum believed the the dwarves, the Berg Rieser, and the Rim Terser of the mythology were the Finns whom the Norsemen had driven out of the greater part of the Norse lands. Okay, so uh, apparently the Laplanders. So they applied the term Finn to them, even though, uh, you know, the, the... the name of the country, Finland, was not given was given to that area by our our ancestors, by Israelites. 
So they just uh, applied it to apply the name. But the original Finns, according to uh, this author, were the Laplanders. Okay. Brandstedt, on the other hand, could inform us that around the year zero and the third century AD, Denmark experienced two new immigrations. He wrote that, quote, These pure longheads show Nordic type, as it is called. Here we have us Danes. But if the first Danes only arrived in Denmark in the first centuries after the birth of Christ, the question is then, where did they come from? That is, where did we come from? In his masterly works, Sum more or less views it as a solid conclusion that it is, quote, reasonable that our fathers have come here through Russia and the eastern part of Poland. Now, when they came to the present-day land of Livonia, and what is Livonia? Michael? I think that is, um, that is um, uh, what do you say, Lithuania. Oh, okay. Lithuania and uh, Estland. Estonia, or uh, yeah, I forgot the other one. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lithu- Lithuania. Nations. Yeah, Lithu- Lithuania. Now there was a point in hist in our history where Lithu- Lithuania was uh, a, the name given to all of Norseland. Lithuania actually was a kingdom of its own, and it controlled all those countries that you just mentioned before it became Denmark, Sweden. Uh, Finland, etc. Okay, Lithuania at one time was a huge empire. Most people don't know that. We we should actually discuss that as part of this series. But let let's continue. So Livonia and Lithuania probably is just another spelling for Lithuania. They split into two great multitudes, of which the first went to the north, and from them our fathers hail, and the other went to the west and became the forefathers of many German peoples. That is absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct. The Acer people, i.e., the ten so-called lost tribes of Israel, with lots of members of Judah and Benjamin included with them, created these two great uh, diversions of European Israelites. Okay, the, one the, the southern portion called Germans, the northern por- portion called uh, Swedes. Let's call it the what would be the correct, uh, uh, the Scandinavians. Let's call them the Scandinavians. In the monumental work Atland Eller Mannheim by the great Swedish historian Olaf Rudbeck, the conclusion is the same. The Nordic peoples were the Acer and Vanner from the east. So, how many times have we read uh, Nordic authors saying exactly the same thing? Why is this not common knowledge, Michael? Yeah, this is for me. They have instead they are giving us uh, fairy tales. They want to hide our history, but say no. The Ice Age that you were you came from the uh, the Stone Age uh, caveman that is you, and then they want to pronounce they want to propagate this evolution um, propaganda into us. Uh, this is this is I believe that much of this when they describe the Iron Age, Bronze Age, and all those other ages is just. They just want to pick a big, uh, put a big smoke screen above above the real history. That is this. That right. is so interesting to see, uh, to trace our ancestors. That's that's my personal belief in it. Oh, absolutely. The uh, the academic divisions of the various ages: Iron Age, Bronze Age, Stone Age, etc. Yeah, is an alternative view of history which utterly ignores 
the migrations of the 12 tribes. Okay? Yeah. And they of want course, to hide it from us. Yeah, they want to hide it. They're, they're deliberately hiding this from us. But I'm really encouraged and gratified to see that uh, so many of these Scandinavian authors agree with our Christian identity viewpoint. This is tremendous. Okay? All right. Oh, let's, yeah. yeah, let's continue. Sum worked with a great number of sources, but gave great credit to the earliest written source of our eastern origin, Snorri Sturluson, the Icelander. In the Yinglinga saga, did I pronounce that correct? Yinglinga? Yinglinga. Uh, Yinglinga saga. Yinglinga saga. In the Younger Edda, approximately 1220 A.D., Snorri wrote that he had let write older stories of chiefs who had kingdoms in the Northlands and the Danish tongue. With the phrase, the Danish tongue, Snorri the Icelander meant all the Norse peoples. Snorri's knowledge seems to have been common understanding in the ancient Norse lands, because he writes that he has written the Ynglinga saga, after the accounts of knowledgeable men, who had told me Edda means great-grandmother, and it is also the most distant origin of the Norsemen that Snorri began with in the land of Svitjod, or Sweden. <laughs> right? Svitjod. Is that how you pronounce Sweden up there? Svitjod, and this is as I. Yeah, we talked about last time. This is the how the Icelands are calling Sweden today. A bit like this. This is the very similar to how the Icelands call Sweden today. Uh-huh. And we did also, I guess it was some time ago when you said that Svitsjord uh, is the pronunciation of the of Skitia. Okay, very good. Yeah, we talked about that a couple of episodes ago, that Svitsjord and Skitia are the same. Okay? Again, you have to account for dialectical changes in uh, spelling and pronunciation. But Edda means great-grandmother. I also want to point out here that the uh, Vedas, the Vedas and the Eddas have a similar connotation. The Vedas are the stories of the Indo-Aryans, who are also descendants of Israelites, okay? As the Brahmanic religion, named after Abraham, and the Indo-Aryan religion is part of our heritage as well. Okay, but Abraham sent them to the east so that they would not interfere with the inheritance of Isaac. So there is a great connection between the and uh, what the linguists call the Indo-Aryan language, okay, which is actually Hebrew. All of these Indo-Aryan languages have Hebrew or Aramaic as their source, with a you know infusion of whatever language is spoken in India, whatever language is spoken in Assyria, okay, etc., etc. Diff- our different tribes picked up these different dialects because they associated with different people, okay? Nevertheless, our racial integrity was preserved by these people in their travels, Okay, they didn't pick up a bunch of uh, Orientals to travel with them to Iceland or to Svitjod. Okay, very good. Quote, north of the Black Sea lies Svitjod the Great, or the Cold. From the north in those mounts that lies beyond all inhabited land, runs a, a stream through Svitjod, 
which by right is called Tanakvisel or Vanakvisel. It comes to the sea inside the Black Sea. The stream divides the two of the Earth's thirds. East of it lies Asia, but to the west, Europe. East of Tanakvisel in Asia lies the land of Asaland, or Ashheim, but the main castle which was in the land is called Asgard. In the castle where lives a chief whose name was Odin, there was a great sacrificial palace, or place, rather. Okay. Yeah, and a comment yeah. here. Yes. Here we have those places, Asaland, Asheim, Asagord, and Asgard. This is the place that those, what do say, those Odinists are referring to. Yeah, They're man. referring to places that did exist. Yes, but they forgot that's where they came from. Yes, right? they did. They think he's a god, but yeah. he's not. Here is the places. Right. They did do exist. They're not somewhere up in in where they believe it is, it is a place down in, as we have spoke about in, in Azerbaijan, where, those, where he will locate those places. Yes. Okay, and of course, uh, the Black Sea, Azerbaijan is just south of the Black Sea. So is Mesopotamia. So is Armenia. So is Assyria. Okay? These are our countries of origin. The ten tribes that were banished by Yahweh into that area uh, to be enslaved by the Assyrians because of their paganism, which they possessed uh, until around 1000 AD, okay? But just because they're pagans, but just because they adopted all these pagan ideas and traditions does not mean that that they're not Israelites. They are still Israelites, okay? In fact, their pagan traditions proves that they are Israelites. It proves that they were to paganize ten northern tribes. That is obvious to us, okay? But not to them, because they don't know their own history. All yes, right? that is why. This is so important, the work we are doing here. So we are also reaching out to those paganas, paganized, I don't know, the white nationalists to see yes, here exactly. that the Bible is true. Amen. And, uh, and all the atheists are wrong, <laughs> okay? <laughs> including the pagans. This was actually also Soom's own conclusion, which he in 1771 summarized, quote, that those peoples from the last Odin came for, at Tanay and led with himself into the north were actually called Aser or Alans. In Hervarar, in the Hervarar saga, they are called Asiamen, because uh, that whole area was called Asia at the time, but commonly Aser or Esser, which explains that those persons who came along with Odin and later were made into gods were especially called Aser, and himself Odin the most dignified as As, A-S, as the mightiest of them all, and therefore the place where they dwelt was called Asgard, which also is the name of the dwelling place of the gods in the Edda. Okay, so... Well, because these paganized Israelites gave up their faith in Yahweh and began worshiping, first of all, the gods of the Canaanites. All right? They started worshiping the gods of the Canaanites. And then in later times, they simply worshiped their ancestors, such as Odin. They still practiced Canaanite religion. Okay? That's... And, and they retained the names such as uh, uh, Baal, 
the god Baal, called Baal, is preserved in their uh, names, Bela. Bela is a common Nordic name, especially in Hungary and uh, the places just north of Hungary and around Hungary. So all of these names of the pagan gods that the Canaanites worship have been preserved by the Nordic pagans. They don't even know it, that they have preserved these Canaanite gods in their own nomenclature. Okay. Continuing, Odin himself was of the Acer people and the brother folk, the Lansleute of the paganized Israelites, and were the, uh, the brother folk were the wise Vanner. In, the, in their eastern homeland, the Acer and Vanner had a close but hard brother relationship, much like the Swedes and the Danes had for many centuries. And yet they were very closely linked. They intermarried and yet stayed separate and had their differences. Well, just as the Israelite tribes stayed separate, but still had a close political relationship. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. That, this this hard brother relationships, you know, brothers they can fight. That's right, they fight each other way too often. Okay, <laughs> all right. At what time Odin began his wanderings with the Acer and the Vanner, we can get a rather good idea of, since Snorri wrote that the Roman Empire was expanding forcefully at the time that Odin began the wandering, which means approximately one thousand, or sorry, one hundred B.C. Now we know from our own history, that the Israelites began streaming across the Caucasus Mountains around 745 B.C. Okay. Some of them stayed in, it was primarily the Germans, what we, who we call Germans today, stayed in, in, that, in that territory much longer until around 100, 100 to 400 A.D., and that's where the German Israelites picked up the Farsi language, which is essentially German. <laughs> okay, that's where they picked up the German language and brought it to Europe with themselves. So, again, th- this is all proof that we, the Israelites, that we, the European people, are descended from the Israelites of the ten northern tribes. There's no doubt about this. We can prove it. No other people can prove through migrational studies that uh, they are Israelites. Only we can do that. Okay? And so so all of this linguistic evidence proves that we are Israelites. At continue. Okay, so when did he start? So he says around 100 B.C. So this was probably when the Germanic tribes under Odin, who was of Judah, I think uh, this Swityod, this word Swityod, the the last syllable Y-O-D, you think that might be Judah? A reference to Judah? It's, yeah, it's very close to the, to that, that word, and, and it's it also very common, I guess, Eli, that our people are often putting one of the tribe of Judah ab- uh, above us, like the king, like yes. the leader. The amen. So that could very well be that he was of the tribe of Judah. Yeah, I think Odin was. In fact, the uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth's uh, line of descent, which uh, is prominently displayed in the you know in the British uh, uh, well uh, temple there or British uh, uh, castle, uh, shows Odin as being in the uh, you know the line of descent from Judah through David you know to Queen Elizabeth II. Okay, so yeah, Odin is in there. So, and the habit of the Israelite tribes was to select 
a man of Judah as their king, and obviously Odin was one of them. Okay, so let's quote from the Yingling Saga here. In that time the chiefs of the Romans went far across the earth and subjected many peoples. But many other chiefs fled from their lands due to the turmoil. But because Odin was far-seeing and knowledgeable in sorceries, or he just had knowledge, more knowledge than most, <laughs> most of the other Nordics at the time, he knew that his offspring would dwell and build in the northern part of the earth. Then he set his brothers V and Vilja over Asgard, but he himself departed. So it would be interesting to find out who V and Vilja were. They were probably uh, of the, the, uh, you know, the ten northern tribes that remained behind after he and his troop set, up, set off. Okay, These would be Parthians. The Parthian nation was an Israelite nation ruled over primarily by um, Pharez Judah, not Zerah Judah, Pharez Judah. And all the overland migrations of the Israelites would be Pharez Judah, whereas the early migrations of Zerah Judah beginning in 1500 BC were from Egypt, and those were the descendants of, of uh, Zerah. Okay? They, they settled in Ireland in Britain, in Spain, and Western Europe, and are known usually as the Celtic people. Okay, These, The Celts are Israelites of Zerah Judah, and the Germans are the Israelites of Pharaoh's Judah. Germans and Scandinavians are of Pharaoh's Judea. Okay? That's the difference. Okay? So, uh, he set the, them, these two men, V and Vilja over Asgard, which is Parthia. But he himself departed, and with him all Diar and many other people, first to the west in Gardarica, <laughs> and then south in Saxland. He had many sons. Across Saxland he subdued many kingdoms and set his sons as governors. Then he went north to the Baltic Sea and found his place to live on an island. That place is now called Odin's O. On Finn, okay. You want to give us the, the what you know of this history, Michael? Yeah, we can say here. We see here that uh, that he travel. He he departs and and those diar. They're also that is the that's the what's he called his priesthood. That is they're also referred to as drottar. And drottar. That's if you look in this on Swedish on the Swedish at least in Sweden you find a lot of places that is called drottar. Drott. For example, Drottningholm. That is the place where the modern day castle is located on Drottningholm. So okay. that's one of the that's the words of the of his priest. And um, also we see here referring here to the to the to the um, uh, place Gardarike. And Gardarike is an, ref an older reference to Russia and I guess also a bit of Poland and uh -huh. then south in Saxland and that we know as as uh, as West as Westphalia I guess in in Germany uh, the Saxland that you and me dis uh, discussed when we had the show on Germany and uh, also that what he did he subdued those, those nations and he put his sons as governors and then he get gain 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 their loyalty and then this Odin, Odin's Ö on Finn, that is, um, yeah, that is still exists today. That island that is called Odin's uh, Odin's Ö in in Danish. So, yeah, that's what I can, um, yeah, uh, put here. I don't know 
And this is kind of amazing to see this Snorre Sturlason, what he had in his Yngningar saga. And he was, he, he is one of the, he is regarded as the first, what do you say, historical writers uh, up here in the, in the Nordic nations. Okay. And, and he, he did live in, in, in both Norway and he, I think he died in, in Iceland. He was beaten to death. Ah, wow. Okay. So, uh, how you pronounce that? Drottjar? The priesthood? What was the priesthood called? Uh, Drottar, yes. Dr- uh, so, well, Drott, that sounds very much like Druid to me. Yeah, yes. We talked yeah, about that. We have discussed yeah. that as well, yeah. That is very close to that word, the, the Druids, and, the Drottar. Okay, and they lived under the oak, or they, they uh, had ceremonies under the oak tree. Oh yeah, they okay, did. Okay, right. Which was what the paganized Israelites did of the ten northern tribes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It all did. Right. Okay. So yeah. we have all these connections uh, again to our paganization, accepting Canaanite rituals uh, in the ten northern tribes, uh, and then they were banished by Yahweh and uh, called off by the Assyrians. So we see all of our our pagan history being revealed in all these terms okay and there's no other group of people who can uh, make these associations to our you know our israelite history not not none others except us okay all right so do you want me to continue yeah yeah please pick it up from there yes so odin won sweden and settled in Uppsala. And I can make some reference regarding to that when I read this uh, done. Okay. And then his son, uh, Skjöld, uh, he sat as king in Leire and let him marry um, Geafion, the mother of Sealand. Ah. King Skjöld is acknowledged as the first king of Denmark. So, and also Odin, he did settle in Sweden up in Uppsala, and that's a place that is a bit north of of uh, Stockholm. And um, if you look in the Swedish, how we are uh, looking at the different, what to say, regions in Sweden, we say uh, everything goes out from Uppsala. We okay. say um, Westmaland, we say uh, Norrland, we say uh, Södermaland, and also we are referring to um, Estonia as Estland. That is east of okay. of the land of Uppsala. So everything, much in and how many names have been named, is is referenced from Uppsala. That's the central point. That's where Odin lived and where he was buried. And they also have those big, um, what do you say, p- uh, big um, piles of earth where they are probably they burn, burn their burnings grounds where they are bur- buried. Okay, right, right. So Uppsala, Uppsala uh, sounds like up or north of Stockholm, or north of our origins. And what what uh, Sal Uppsala? What does the uh, the the uh, what do you call it? The, the word Sal mean here? Sala. Yeah, I'm a bit uh, now. It put me on a stick. Uh, I, I'm a bit uh, to say what that word. I can look. I can look a bit up what that's mean. But I have somewhere read what that. Uh, would that mean? I can I can look it up. So settlement, maybe nor, uh, the up, upper settlement, something like that. Uh, Uppsala. I mean, it's a, a word that's familiar to me, but uh, you know, it must have a, a meaning in Danish or in Swedish that's uh, fairly common. You know. So anyway, but uh, so uh, who uh, Mary Gefion, the mother of Zealand. That's very interesting. 
Gephion. Okay, so all of these terms uh, you know, uh, go back to our ancient history as Acer, as, as the Acerites and the Van, uh, otherwise known as the Israelites of the Ten Northern Tribes. Okay, all right, back to you. Yes, um, many only remembered Odin as a godly being from the mythology, but ordinarily he was a man. Yeah, here is his conclusion, he was a man. Yeah. Another, another writer of old who wrote the historical Odin was Saxo uh, Germanticus, who in um, Denmark's uh, Krönike wrote, and this is a quote, at that time there was a man by the name of Odin, who all over Europe falsely was seen as a god. For the most part, he dwelled in Uppsala. Yeah, Uppsala is uh, okay. Uppsala. Um, whether this was uh, due to the noted ignorance of the people there, or that he found a special pleasure in that beautiful area. The kings in the Nordic lands, lands who were where. Uh, very keen on showing him honor as a as a god, cast a golden image. Oh my goodness! Had <laughs> had <laughs> um, it even with heavy uh, bangles and sent it down to him in uh, Byzance as the witness of how high they, in the fear of God, honored him. And Byzance, could that be a reference to Byz uh, Byzantine Empire? It sure could. Uh, maybe the word Byzance is the source of Byzantine, okay? Which was, you know, again, it's part of the area that we migrated from. And, of course, the Byzantines stayed there, all right, which is the Greek Orthodox Church. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, our, again, our people... Israelites, back to you. Yeah. Um, uh, Saxo wrote that Odin was his name, but I think that Odin rather was his title. Therefore, um, Sum spoke of three Odins. Snorre, however, pulled uh, the thread even, even further uh, beyond the Caucasus. Uh, a great mountain ridge stretched from northeast to southwest. It divides the great Svithjord, uh, and other kingdoms uh, south of the mount there is not far to Turkland. There, Odin has great estates. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. wow. And Turkland, it's called Turkey today, but, uh, you know, it, again, it's, uh, it's Armenia. It's uh, northern Mesopotamia. You know, it's Acerland, okay? These are all different... Uh, Names for the same territory inhabited by our ancestors before the great migrations into Europe. Okay, mm -hmm. that's what. Yes. So okay, so the, the 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 mount range. Now I don't have a map in front of me. Maybe we can analyze this and and pick it up uh, next week. But uh, whatever the mountain range is, there's the rivers going north. I think it's the Don River, going north from the Black Sea encountered a mountain range. I don't think it's a huge mountain range. Uh, so you, you have you go north on the Don River toward what was is today called Russia, okay? And then you from there you sail down another river toward the Baltic. You know that uh, that great inland sea, well, not an inland sea that that uh, bay, that barrier between Sweden and Finland. Okay? That's called the Baltic Sea, right? 
Yes. That's the Baltic Sea. So what's the river that go- comes from Russia toward the Baltic Sea? Yeah, isn't that the Don or the, some of those rivers? Well, the Don River goes from the Black Sea toward that mountain range. It's not a very high mountain range. Uh, once you get there, there's kind of a flat plain, and then there's another river that flows north and west from there to the Baltic Sea. Okay, that's not the Don. That's another river. Okay, yeah, but I, I also thought about could this, this because it said it's a great uh, mountain ridge, a great mountain ridge. Could yeah, that, that be the Caucasus? Well, no, no, this, uh, this, this goes from northeast to southwest, from northeast to southwest, and so that's well north of the Caucasus, okay? The Don River would have its origin in this mountain range and then flow into the Black Sea, okay? So, but there's got to be another river from this mountain range that flows to the Baltic Sea. Okay, we'll, we'll yeah. pick this up next time because uh, that's a geography that uh, we're not too familiar with. <laughs> but it's important to our subject, okay? Yeah, it's not uh, the, the oh, how can I pronounce it? The, uh, the, the, ah, sorry, I can't pronounce it. Right okay, <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's Swedish, right? It's got to be a Swedish name, right? Yeah, no, it's Slovenian. Okay. All right. We'll figure this out. We'll pick this up next time because this geography is important. Okay. But basically, uh, this these two rivers, the Don River flowing from the north uh, to the south, and this other river flowing from that same uh, area of mountains toward the Baltic Sea, facilitated trade, and uh, you know, so it facilitated the civilization of the north. Okay, for trade with the south. All right, and uh, and so the uh, the Vikings sailed down the Don River and brought all kinds of goods as far south as Italy, okay, and then they picked up goods from the Italians, sailed back up and, and delivered them to the Nordics. All right, that's how the trade was conducted in those days. Okay, for a long time, for I say twenty five Dnieper. Thank you, <laughs> the Dnieper River. All right, got it. <laughs> okay, all right. So, uh, please continue. We only have about uh, eight minutes left. Okay. Uh, Odin's great day, south of Caucasus. Then it makes sense when Sum referred to her as a name of honor for the ancient Norsemen. Okay. So, it's a title. Odin is a title, not, a, not an actual name. So, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, or it may be that Turk has been a common name for all people who followed Odin, both gods as well as Aser and Vanner, because I find in uh, Langfedgatal that Odin has been referred to as king of the Turks okay. and Ingve, the father of uh, Njord, is by um, are also called king of the Turks and right. this confirms that Turk seems to have been a name of honor for many peoples or perhaps uh-huh. a common name for all wandering peoples or nomads okay and then this uh, this name turk still applies to turkey today so it sounds like originally the name the word turk was a name of honor to the various le- leaders of these uh, paganized israelites okay so we'd have to do a word so turkland turkland essentially is the uh, the same, it's the same place as Azerbaijan, 
um, Armenia and northern Mesopotamia. It's just another reference to the same territory inhabited by our Israelite ancestors. Back to you. Yes, and we can also say that Niord, he is the he is the, the son of Odin. Okay. So he was the, then he was the next king after when Odin had died. Okay. Up in, up in Sweden. Yes. Okay. So, how could such, such wonderful accounts of our ancient past and Nordic inheritance be forgotten by the layman? Yeah, that's a good question because yeah. they doesn't want you to know it. Right. Yeah. Somebody doesn't, so they doesn't want us to know it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Not only giants such as Sum and Rudbeck, but Snorri himself vividly told of this our hidden inheritance from Odin, Osir, and Vaner. Amen. Yes. It would be a long time before the dust from the books of old was removed. And here we have uh, the legendary Norwegian Thor Heyerdahl is, of course, remembered especially for his Kon-Tiki expeditions. But uh, as driven by uh, Providence, Heyerdahl went from the one discovery to the next. The book which uh, proved to be his last was the, for Norway, the greatest, Jakten på Odin, where Heyerdahl rediscovered all these things. Oh, wow. In two, okay. Yeah. In 2003, the Prime Minister of Norway, Kjell Magne uh, Bondevik, even visited the settlement of the Aser, Aser Big um, big, big, big John, yeah. which Heyerdahl has had discovered. Azerbaijan. Yeah, today, man. yeah, today the Azerbaijan uh, are also a Turkish people. Okay, they just retained Norway. the name. They just retained the name. It still retains the name of Turkey, but the original word Turk meant a, a leader of the Norse, uh, of uh, the Odin tribes. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're learning a lot today. Well, back to you. Yes, uh, for Norway, it was a pearl of great pr- price that Heyerdahl had found. It had laid hidden right in the front of everyone's eyes, forgotten but not lost. Uh, okay, it so cry out. right. Okay, so here in America, Thor Heyerdahl is known for his Kantiki expedition and for sailing that reed boat. Boat. I think he went to Easter Island as well and uh, eventually across the Pacific Ocean. But all of this, uh, this book that you're referring to, uh, I've never heard of this book, and uh, that Thor Heyerdahl was actually instrumental in rediscovering our Israelite ancestry. Had no idea that he was involved in that. Okay? So, yeah, this means that all of this history has been uh, put in the memory hole, folks, by Juno-Who, to prevent the world, to prevent us from knowing our Israelite ancestry, okay? So there's a nice little map here, Svitjod, and uh, I guess the word Azerbaijan is even harder to pronounce in Swedish. <laughs> Azerbaijan, you know, which uh, Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan is northern Mesopotamia, okay? That's what it is. And so, and it's right uh, just south of the Caucasus mountain range where our migrations overland began, okay? So in this nice map here, you have Judah in the south, Babylon to the east, Israel or Palestine uh, to the 
north of uh, you know the uh, the tribe of Judah, Median or Medea, okay, then Azerbaijan, and Azerbaijan is just south of the Caucasus Mountains. Van, just just to the west of Azerbaijan. The Kamarioi, just to the west of Van. Who are the Kamarians? The Kamarians. Those are the Israelites that uh, of uh, King... uh, Oh, uh, 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 oh, 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 what's it? Amri. King Amri. Kamarioi are the uh, Israelites under King Amri. That's just another term for the Israelites, Kamarioi. And many of them sailed across the Mediterranean and settled in in in, uh, in England. The Welsh, the Welsh people descend from the Kamarioi. Okay? So all these terms of these people in northern Mesopotamia around this time are terms for Israelites. Okay? Terms for Israelites, if you know our history and the origins of these terms, you know that these terms all originate with the Israelite people of northern Mesopotamia. Okay? Yeah, and it, uh, a question like, is it also that the Assyrians put uh, the ten northern tribes as a buffer to, uh, toward other tribes that attacked them? So didn't they put them north of them? Where did they place the northern yeah. the Israelite these tribes? It was primarily to the east of oh. Assyria, okay, as the buffer to eastern tribes that might be invading is, uh, Assyria, okay, because I don't think Assyria was being evaded, invaded from uh, the west, although the Hittites were still in Turkey, you know, let's just call it Turkey, there was a, Hitt- a Hittite population in Turkey, but the Assyrians had wars against them and defeated them, okay, I think your modern Turks, the people who call themselves Turks today, are descendants of the surviving Hittites. Okay? So, mm-hmm. the, 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 as far as I'm aware, those are the only enemies the Assyrians had to the west of the, this territory, which is called modern Turkey today. Okay? And yes, they would have used Israelites as, Israelite warriors as slaves and as warriors, uh, as a buffer uh, f- fighting force against any other people. So they basically surrounded Assyria with Israelites as a buffer warrior group. Okay. All right. So this is how we have to understand our history, which, of course, the Judeo Christian churches totally ignore. All right. We're out of time, Michael. This, this uh, episode flew really fast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Praise Yahweh. See you all next time. Blessings. Goodbye. Bye bye.